Hey, this is Joey Rumble. I'm the pastor of Summerbrook Church in Somerville, South Carolina, and this is our podcast. I hope the message you listen to today speaks to your heart and helps you connect with Jesus and grow in Him. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the message. All right. It's not business as usual. We don't want the status quo in 2023. Amen? No, hey, say with me. No status quo in 2023. It's not business as usual. It's not business as usual. It's not business as usual. It's not. It's not, it's not. So let me tell you how this happened. In uh, September, I was re- I had ordered a book, Letters to the American Church, by Eric Metaxas, and I was finished, just finished reading it. And I mean, I literally just finished reading it Monday morning, about ready to go on my jog. And I'm, I'm about to go out the door, and I hear my wife playing a podcast that we listen to, Grow Leader. And I heard a new podcast. I was like, whoa, I'll listen to that while I'm going running. Well, what had stood out to me uh, from the podcast and the book, Totally Unrelated Ministries, was the statement, it's not business as usual. I mean, it jumped out at me in the book, and then all of a sudden I go on a jog, and it's like, oh my, it's not business as usual. And I really felt this burning desire, and I just sat on it. I just sat on it, I was working through it, and just figuring, yeah, God, what are you doing here? And I really felt as we hit the new year that we really needed to Take, a, take this journey as a church of not settling for status quo. It's not business as usual in the new year. We want things to be different. So we're going to take that journey today from uh, Mark. We're going to journey in Mark in a passage of Scripture. Let me give you a little context here of this Scripture. Right before we, we look at this, uh, Jesus has gone up on the mountain with Pete, James, and John. And he's taking those uh, three up on the mountain. Matter of fact, there's several instances in the Gospels where Jesus would take uh, Pete, James, and John with him and not the other nine. He poured into the 12 a lot, preached to the multitudes, but then he had his inner three, Pete, James, and John. And I'm telling you, when when I think about that, Pete, James, and John, and I know Jesus is on mission, he's perfect, he knows what he's doing, but I'm thinking, I feel for Andy. Man, I feel for Andrew. Andrew is Peter's brother, and here you got brothers, James and John, and I'm sure he's thinking, Jesus, you picked brothers, James and John. You picked Peter. What about Peter's brother, me? I brought Peter to you, Jesus. And so I've always wondered, man, why, uh, how Andy had gone through this difficulty as he's watching, there goes Pete, James, and John with Jesus again. There goes Pete, James, and John. I'm sick and tired of hearing what Pete, James, and John got to do this time with Jesus. And Andy's just saying, why, what about me? What about me? And here's another scene where uh, we're going to pick it up where uh, Peter, James, and John come down from the mountain where Jesus has appeared in Mount Transfiguration where he is just illuminating, just transforming. It's just a powerful uh, uh, moment with God. And here they come down the mountain, and this is where we pick up the passage of Scripture. And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them, and scribes disputing with them. 
Immediately when he saw them, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted Jesus, and he, he asked the scribes, what are y'all discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit, and wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out. But they could not, the nine, all right? The nine, not Pete, James, and John, and Jesus, but the nine. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has uh, this been um, happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the, he has thrown him, thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead so that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but by prayer and fasting. This kind i read it again. This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. This, uh, this word, this kind, really jumped out at me this week. Uh, one of our uh, great saints of God at our church, Sue Labar, was listening to a revival talk of, uh, that was actually uh, shared about in the, the, the sermon was 1959, and it was delivered on the, the day of the anniversary of the great Welsh revival of 1859. And Martin Lloyd-Jones at Westminster Chapel uh, delivered this talk and actually did a series on it. And when um, Sue Labar had come to me and shared about the talk and that, that first message, there was something that jumped out in my spirit about this kind. I'm telling you, it jumped out so big in my life that it was one of these uh, God moments personally that I really felt like we as a church need to really think about. So Jesus told uh, his disciples, because they were asking, why weren't we successful? They were like, hey, come on, why couldn't we cast them out? And Jesus says, this kind, and we'll share a couple things that uh, this pastor shared, you know, uh, in 1959, that 
that I thought were so insightful. Why can't we cast them out? Meaning that there was this possibility of success for the disciples, but they weren't succeeding. And, and in this kind, what we need to do, he shared, is learn to differentiate from case to case. This kind means there's a difference between this kinds, this kind and other kinds where they were more successful. There were devils they could cast out and devils they could not cast out. This is much more difficult and constitutes a much greater problem. The depth of the spiritual problem, and we need to know what it is. So we got to be able to distinguish what is the need. This is why it's not business as usual. Uh, and we got to be careful that we do not deny evil altogether of what's happening. So let me, uh, if you're new here at Summerbrook Church, I want to set you free. Uh, I'm not uh, someone that believes there's a demon under, under every rock, that every problem in life, uh, everything that's going on is all about a demon and demonic activity, okay? I want to set you free on that, okay? But nor can we as a church body and as individual Christians deny demonic activity. That it is a real thing. So I, I just want you to know that uh, uh, we got to, if you deny that there's uh, uh, the devil and demonic activity, he can have a heyday. You got to be, uh, we got to really be able to distinguish what is this kind. And understanding there is actually um, different levels of deeper demonic, satanic activity. In this case, the disciples lacked necessary power. That was enough in other cases. Meaning the disciples have good power, but in this case, not enough. You failed because you lacked some necessary ingredients. I believe it's, they did not have sufficient power that only comes through prayer and fasting. Let, let, open your, you can go, let's go back to Mark 6, verse 7, about the disciples, and it, we'll just hit three verses, verse 7 and verse 12 and 13. And Jesus called the 12 and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent, and they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. These disciples were able to pray over certain people with demonic activity, and they were set free. But this kind... There was actually a kind and stronghold of demonic activity that they could not set people free. And this is where Jesus is pointing out that uh, you need to, uh, and, and we'll get into the verse, that you lack, this can only come out but by prayer and fasting. So something we need to do is each of us needs to make a proper diagnosis of the situation we're in. And the reason why I say, and, and I believe God spoke to my spirit, it's not business as usual. We can't settle for the status quo. Is I, this is what I believe as your pastor. I believe a proper spiritual diagnosis of the situation we are currently in 
that we need more of the power of God in our lives, our families, our churches, and our cities. And I'm asking the question, do we lack the necessary power? And I'm asking another question. Do I lack the necessary power? And I personally believe that we lack the necessary power in the situation we're facing ourselves in our culture today. I really believe we lack it. I personally believe that I lack the necessary power of what we're facing today. So that, that takes a, a that takes me reflecting on what is missing. What is missing? What God and one of my prayers I've been praying is, Lord, help me to see what I don't see that you want me to see. And I obviously I'm concerned if I, I feel like I lack that necessary power. Guess what? I don't want to stay there. I don't want to stay there. And I don't want us as a church to stay there. Now, that's my humble opinion. Some of you, you may have that necessary power, that what we're facing as a culture. You, thank God. And I, but I'm wanting all of us to. I'm wanting me as your pastor to have that necessary power. So what's the answer? Well, let's go to the master. Jesus says, this prayer can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. And, and I use the New King James Version here because uh, some of your modern translations have uh, just prayer, not with the word fasting. Uh, New American Standard Version actually uh, kind of shows it in brackets, kind of like the King James does with the fasting piece. There's a, a, a great amount of scholarly uh, research done about what's the accurate translation of this, this one piece here, is fasting included or not? But we know clearly throughout Scripture uh, that fasting's uh, listed over 70 times, that we need to be a people of prayer and fasting. So how do we lean into the Lord with prayer and fasting? What, why is it so important? Let me give you an illustration. Uh, that I really believe applies in this area. Now, we have the Rumbles pre-compost pile here, okay? This, is, this was on my kitchen counter with, just like this without the uh, burlap. But I asked Jenny lovingly, hey, can we put some burlap on that because it's like nasty looking? So this is our pre-compost that, you know, is prepared, and then we dump it in the, the dirt, and it becomes compost. And one of the cool things is I, get, I put my coffee grounds in here, coffee grounds in here, coffee grounds in here. That is real story. These are top three there. Why is the soil, why is the compost so important? What, what does it do? It helps the soil so that what grows in the soil is healthy. 
That's why prayer is so important. That's why the Lord speaks so important, the importance about prayer. It, it, it helps things grow. It changes things. That God, throughout Scripture, uh, it, it, it creates a soil, an environment. That's why we've been doing 21 days of prayer for five years now. And what's cool is we've been watching the, the church's soil get stronger and stronger. We've been watching uh, God prepare soil more and more. So I want to encourage you. Uh, the, how, how, so how do you respond to this message? What, if you want to make headway, you need a join 21 days of prayer. Because we don't just pray, we help you, we help you grow in your prayer life. And what I do, we don't just do 21 days of prayer and then, oh, okay, that's our prayer time, we're good. No, no, we take it with us. We do 21 days of prayer and we bring it with us. The things I'm learning and the breakthrough with 21 days of prayer, it comes with us as a church. We're, we're after the soil. We're after the compost. Uh, year after year, we want stronger and stronger soil. I want it to be so hard at Summerbrook Church to have a bad marriage. I want it to be so hard at Summerbrook Church for your kids not to serve God. How does that happen? Great soil. And the way we do great soil is by prayer and also fasting. Let me, let me hit on fasting. Uh, I'm not going to do a big teaching on it, but I, I do want to hit a, a couple highlights. But if you want to see the teaching, go to our, our, our Church Center app and uh, download the Church Center app if you haven't. And to the resource page on the 21 Days of Prayer group that we've been praying together for, with. And on that, you can access a different talks by one of the great saints of God that's been going to be with the Lord, Bill Bright, on fasting. And you can get educated on it. But here's what's so important about fasting. Is that it, as you fast foods or certain foods, and there's all kinds of different types of fasts, and, uh, and, and it talks about that. But whatever you come away with from, come away from, you focus on feasting on the Lord. Fasting is feasting. And see, we're so caught up in the world. The reason why fasting is so important, it causes you to come away from these things so that what? You're dependent upon God. And I really believe in our culture today, fasting of food and certain things there and certain fasts is great. But I also think we need to be fasting the entertainment side. To whatever level, you got to figure that out with you and God, whether it's uh, social media or YouTube or gaming or uh, the, you, your cell phone at certain times, whatever it is, the key is to give up things that you normally naturally do to be dependent upon God. Meaning fasting is coming away from your dependence on the world and dependence upon God. Can you imagine if we as a church take prayer and fasting serious? I may be up here a year from now or six months from now and say, you know what? That power has increased so much because of the prayer life of Summerbrook Church. I'm telling you, you need this in your families. I need this in my families. In my family, we need to really lean in in this area. Amen? So prayer and fasting creates, helps us have the necessary power. And then I believe the other, now by the way, I have eight. I have eight of these, but I, uh, I, I realize, oh, I need to cut it down to maybe two or three. And we're going to hit several of them in the weeks to come. Next week, we're going to hit one that I really believe will help us have the necessary power. And it's a part of our service next week when we launch all of our small groups. It's going to be an awesome service at the end where we launch groups and you can be a part. 
to have other spiritual brothers or sisters in your life to lift your arms up, huge part. Let me touch on one more of why we lack the necessary power, and I believe it's sin. I believe we tolerate way too much sin in our lives. And, and I know, I, I've driven really hard at our church to say, God loves me, therefore I obey. Not I obey, therefore God loves me. It's a place of freedom knowing you're dearly loved, and from a place of knowing you're dearly loved, I'm going to obey. When you begin to know that God loves you so much, and from that you fight sin in your life, I want us to be a group of people that every day repentance is a big deal. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. God, I repent. I turn from that. That was so wrong of me to uh, allow that in my life. Just this daily repentance. Oh, God, I don't want that to cloud my relationship with you. Just this deep humility of repentance. I really believe if we start to prayer and fasting and take sin seriously and start leaning into repentance, a genuine turning from sin in our lives, I believe this. I believe that our lives could radically change and our church would begin more and more to have the necessary power we need to face such challenging times. So can you imagine, church, if we did what it took to have the necessary power? Could you imagine what would happen in our church body if we did what it took to have the necessary power? What could happen in our personal life, our families, our city, our state, our nation, our world. Today, I encourage you to reflect on, God, this kind, what is it that I need to be able to have the power to endure and be able to stand up and be used of God facing this kind, a whole lot stronger challenges from the devil. I believe the availability is available to every one of us, but we got to lean in. It's not business as usual. Status quo won't get it done. If you're going to do the same O, I'm telling you, I really believe humbly that you are going to struggle with being able to have the power to endure in the face of onslaught of evil. But if we lean in together, man, look what God could do. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you that you're such a good God. And Lord, I pray that we would be able to have the necessary power to stand strong. That we would be a group of people that would respond and lean in to prayer, to fasting, to fighting sin in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said together, amen, amen.